Welcome back again to Joker Men. This is side B of Hard Rain. Uh, and we have a special guest. It's Brian Diodario. Hello, everybody. My name's Brian, and I like Bob Dylan. Uh, Brian Diodario is famous for liking Bob Dylan. Yep. And being a lemon's twig, one of the two of the lemon twigs. And we didn't even talk about your your album, which just came out, uh, Songs for the General Public, which is a triumph and an oasis in our cultural desert. Is, a, is how I, Thank you, Evan. I, I want um, Yes, I, I, it, I'm, I make my living, uh, making throwback trash music. (laughs) Uh, But you do it, uh, I think in such a way that it is actual, it's real throwback trash. Like what, what the lemon twigs do, uh, is, is not simulated throwback trash. In fact, it's actually just trash. From the past now. <laughs> it's like Bob Dylan. It's like when Bob Dylan comes out with an album, he doesn't incorporate new sounds. And I do the same thing. I, I want to be very up- clear. Uh, the, the trash from the past was higher quality trash. You're seeing things that you don't see anymore in the trash. You're seeing mm. things that were made in America. Oh, yeah. Glass bottles of cola. Yeah, glass bottles, very thick bottles. You know, you've got uh, magnetic tape in the trash. You've got posters and and pieces of paper which were made better. And and that's what you bring. Brian, if you guys were going to choose a Bob song to cover and put on your next record, what would it be? Um, Not that you'll uh, do this. I don't know. I I think... um, I'd have to think about that. I would really have to think about that. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Fair. I'm trying to, I'm, I think, you know, I was listening to, uh, what's the last track on, um, Nashville skyline that Tonight has that. Da-da-da, da-da-da. With you. I love that song. It's a good song. I think that would be a, that would be a cool one. That's a good one. Something not to, um, the window. <laughs> I mean, you know, with that, that album is just like, you know, it, that I think lends itself, you know, it doesn't have so many long verses, you know, I, it more lends itself to, uh, our style, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, I, in all seriousness though, it's a, you should be listening to the lemon twigs because nobody else is doing it the way that they, uh, can do it. They are legitimate heirs to the, the music that, uh, you like and, and, and the, even the music, the musicians that you like, they like the Lemon Twigs. I think you've said that they are a musicians, musicians, musicians band. That was Michael's uh, Michael's turn of phrase, but yes, it's true. I think it's put well put. But here we are, and Ian, you should introduce yourself. My my co-host is always Ian. Ian. Uh, there we go. And we're we're now uh, right at the precipice. We're at the precipice of side B. Um, of Hard Rain, the live album from 1976. Uh, this is really where the rubber hits the road, I I, I think. Side B is pretty rocking, isn't it? Some uh, yeah, yeah. other songs. Some great uh, slide guitar 
mm. work by Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Maybe his first appearance on the slide guitar since uh, his very first album. I think there's a song where he played, oh, In My Time of Dying, he does some slide oh, guitar wow. on that. I didn't realize that. You know, this, um, this is yeah. an, another reason that I really wanted to have you on, Brian, was because we don't really spend much time typically talking about, like, who played what and what instruments are being played. It's really nice to have a, a proper musician uh, taking a, a stab at, at talking about these these tracks. Uh, uh, and I I wonder what you think about our... The fact that we tend not to ever talk about who's playing what, like, you think that's sacrilegious? Well, no, 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 no. I it doesn't. It's not interesting. Unless it's you're... not very interesting. Uh, no, no. I was going to say unless it's Bob Dylan who's actually doing something that he doesn't normally do. See, um, that, otherwise, you know, you expect. Okay, he's going to get great musicians to play on this stuff. It, I think in the case of like Mick Ronson, that mm-hmm. is. Uh, interesting uh and other iconic musicians that he's like repurposing like i'm sure you know in infidels it's interesting that you know he has the re- uh the reggae musicians on it i just mean that t- we tend not to talk so much about uh the may- maybe just now i just want to say thank you to everyone who served um on a bob dylan record and uh <laughs> and everyone we haven't acknowledged because um that's you know talking to a musician uh of of the prestige of 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 Brian here it, it puts it into perspective it makes me reflect on all the all the uh all the lives we've lost <laughs> all the people who have come before um, and all the people who uh I don't know who play on in this band besides you know Scarlett Rivera on the violin and uh, Joan Baez. And who, weirdly, is, is I mean, oh, sister, you can hear her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's like one of the main parts of the band, the most notable parts. And just like most things about this album, pretty, uh, pretty missing from uh, this album, except for oh, sister, I'm pretty sure. Maybe one too many mornings she's on. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of forgetting now. I don't but, know. But yeah, Shelter from the Storm, you can hear him play. Really, I, I wouldn't know that unless I saw that, uh, uh, I saw the t- TV special where he's playing like this, uh, this guitar. I think it's the same, same brand as like the one that Jack White uses. And oh. it's probably the most you'll, it's probably the most like Jack White Bob Dylan has ever looked in this, during this song. Hmm. Although, I'll say that. I don't, that's I don't know if that's true because I feel like they're dressing pretty much the same these days. <laughs> they do. They do wear very You're similar right. similar hats. A lot of uh, very odd, scraggly facial hair at this like, point. Once you, You're totally once right. Once you reach like this critical mass of like rock experience and like roots rock, uh, blues tinged, po- popular rock music stardom, you just start dressing like um, Johnny like, Depp like a gambler in a, <laughs> yeah, a riverboat gambler. Yeah. Like a riverboat gambler. Yeah. You, and, in, and in full earnest, like you just stop thinking about it. You just dress like a character literally out of the song, Lily Rosemary in the Jack of hearts. Yeah. You, you just start doing shit like what, when Bob will just come out wearing just a blazer 
and pants and nothing <laughs> yeah. under the blazer. Have you seen in, in his, I've well seen into that, his yeah. 70s, he's, he'll come out, oh, uh, <laughs> just throw a blazer on, like nothing under it, like a Lindsey Buckingham um, sort of thing. Uh, I love his clothing now. I, I'm really excited yeah. for when you and Michael reach that point in your career, when you just start wearing... Maybe in your guys' case, like just full ball gowns. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's 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 uh, technically is a country boy. I mean, he is a, a, in the Midwest from the Midwest. You know, the country roots run deep. He speak. He spoke in a country accent early into his uh, career. Uh, obviously, completely fake. Completely put on. Um, His accent is something also that's interesting. Uh, Like every time you, which is rare, but when you hear Bob Dylan talk uh, at length at all in an interview these days, it's like it'll jump from being like a kind of rugged Midwestern thing to this sort of twang and then just back to being like very just normal. Sometimes he has kind of a jazzy way of talking that's kind of like yeah, old like jazz. on his radio show. It's and now we're going to talk about the next song on my album, Hard Rain. Uh, what is it? The next song, Shelter from the Storm. Right, the first song on side two of Hard Rain is Shelter from the Storm. Wow, I, I suppose every song, with the exception of I threw it all away on side two is from Blood on the Tracks. And yep. so, you know, maybe this is a clue to why this uh, second leg of the Rolling Thunder was mined for this live record, was perhaps Bob felt that these versions were good representations of uh, some of the tracks from Blood on the Tracks, which was an important record, uh, no doubt, commercially and creatively. Yeah, barely any desire on it. Yeah, on one, the one desire song. One yeah, there's just song. oh, sister. I, I was looking at the actual set list um, that uh, that this was pulled from. Most or the you know the the Colorado version of the tour, uh, and he actually had a ton of desire stuff in that set list, including Evan's favorite song from Desire. Mozambique. Mozambique. What I wouldn't give to hear the hard rain version of Mozambique with that classic hard rain chorus sound. Mozambique! (laughs) Exactly. I'd like to spend some time in... It's already kind of got it. Like, the song itself already kind of has that that hard rain chorus. (laughs) Mozambique! Yeah. uh, Do you like Mozambique? Uh, yes, I do. I, it, I actually, I mean, it's kind of, uh, I would say that and Joey are kind of, uh, they, they don't, they don't hit me in the way that a lot of the other songs, uh, do actually maybe, maybe it's more like, uh, no, Mozambique is great. They're all great. They're, they they really are all great. (laughs) What am I saying? Um, he does that one with uh, with Joan, right? Mozambique on uh, on, on this uh, on the 
I, I know it's not on the record, but on the live performance, uh, I'm pretty Shit, sure. I gotta, I gotta search. I that think. Out then. I think they do. Yes. Uh, I one thing I remember uh, reading in the Rolling Stone review is there is no discernible reason why this isn't a double uh, album. Yeah, yeah, I was just. Uh, I was actually about to say that. Uh, I wish there was more, and that's like kind of my main gripe with this record is that I just want more of it. I want it to feel it should be bigger. Doesn't feel like a complete chapter. It it does feel like a little uh, you know, uh snapshot. Yeah. And and the Rolling Thunder phenomenon was uh a little more than a snapshot. It was it was really an era, a full era of of Bob's career. So the, yeah, it it leaves you wanting a little bit. Um, just even the, the sh- fact that we're sitting here talking about like what other tracks he played at these shows. Like, why didn't you just put some of those on here? The the show itself, like the the Colorado show that they filmed the the special at, and that they pulled everything or most of the, the tracks from, he played 24 songs uh, at it. So there was plenty of other material to uh, to include on the record. Um, I wonder if that's just laying around on a hard drive somewhere or on some, uh, some tape or something, and they're going to put that out eventually. One thing I noticed on the live thing, which is, this is another technical thing, is that um, there's some bass playing at some point where he's just totally on a different pla- place in the neck from where the notes are. You know, he's like really up high and it's like really, and he's obviously not playing uh, what is being heard. Oh, so it was like but a lip sync kind of thing? Well, no, the, the, the vocal is like totally with it, but I'm sure um, there were some overdubs done for either the special or for the record and probably both. Um, that's just something that's probably maybe it's just on one tiny part, but um, there was definitely some work put into it at, at some point. Um, and also the bass player is the musical director, so he would probably be a little bit more, you know, if he made a mistake, he would probably be a lot more uh, into correcting it. Um, but it, it, mu- it must have been an interesting story, the putting uh, of this record together. <laughs> Yeah. The putting of this record together. That happens a lot uh, with with live albums. Um, some take the concept very literally and are all about a direct transmission of what occurred on stage. But most have some fiddling, some post uh, work done, some com- compilation uh, collage aspects. Um, this one seems to be somewhere roughly in the middle uh pretty faithful but yeah the main issue seems to be where is the rest of it you know give me some more of that. well we got we got what we got and we you get what you get and you don't get upset and That's we true. have now we that, have that is true we have uh what like you know maybe like 20 bootleg series albums. Uh, right. I, I don't know how many. Yeah. So uh, we've, we've more, he's more than made up for it. I think, <laughs> I think so. Uh, there's a three but, uh, hour movie, Ren- Ronaldo Clara movie. And then there's right. also the, the two and a half hour, uh, Martin Scorsese thing. Maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's like two hours. I don't know. 
Oh. I'll stop complaining. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I. I don't know that I like this this arrangement that much, to be honest. The that, shelter like, from gu- the storm. Yeah, that guitar Yo. is just like. Oh, oh, you know what? This that's is controversial. A, I for how how foolish of me. This is the one that has that bizarre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so weird to me. I love that. Maybe maybe it's just the fact that I haven't listened to it enough, and like the original version of Shelter of the Storm is so lasered into my brain. Yeah, no, it this is a totally weird version. Um, it sounds like nothing else. It's like it sounds like a. It's not even like a certain style that they're doing. It's just like this one really specific part. Yeah, and then they get back into that Rolling Thunder beat, you know, in the breaks. Right, exactly. Um. And uh, what occurred to me when I was thinking of this song and how so many people love it, at least on YouTube, um, is throughout the first leg, he played this song solo, and he was very true to the arrangement on Blood on the Tracks. And so this was probably the first complete reinvention of it with this Mm. band. So I think you kind of get some of that. That's what the arrangement is so specific. That's, I think, really what separates uh, this album from the bootleg series is like if you think of like the reinvention of the lonesome death of Patty Carroll or something, which is one of my favorites on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The parts are so specific and there is such a defined character to these new arrangements and um, and Hard Rain, the same thing with that. It's just totally different song where um, it's given a completely new identity. And then a lot of these are just like really open, slow, and kind of like um, just really jammy versions where it's not like everybody has these very concise, clear parts. They're just kind of like, you know, uh, jamming out these open sounding chords. But right. then this this song, it is very like concise and, you know, very strange, but everybody really knows what they're what they're playing on this this version. Yeah, it does. It does feel tight uh, or tighter than I think a lot of the, the other tracks on this one um, or the, the bootleg series version. Um, I quite like that bizarre little is it the bass or is that a guitar no it's a guitar lick i, I yeah, think yeah, there's yeah. probably a bass line too but it's uh yeah it's like phasey uh phasey guitars like they got a phaser on it yeah i mean i can't help but respect it it's so specific and um it's weird but uh, they sell it even though it's not like my favorite <clears throat> version of Shelter from the Storm necessarily, I'm glad that it exists because it sort of like sets the template for what Bob would do throughout the rest of his career, right? Which is like, you know, completely blow up the arrangement of all his old songs and then reinvent them from the ground up every two or three years. Like the, like, cause Budokan is just like three years after this, right? And that's like a totally different band and sound and stuff. Um, and this was just two years after Before the Flood. So like, uh, even even if some of these versions don't work quite as well as other ones for me, like just the fact that he's nuking his own catalog and reconstructing the songs wholesale, uh, I you know that's that kicks ass. Yes, Budokan is a 
whole other thing. Maybe maybe Brian, you could come back on for Budokan. <laughs> yeah, man. If I can get through the album, I it's that is oh, really gosh. long. That's one. Oh, you don't you don't like the reggae version of "Don't Think Twice"? It's all you didn't tell the world needed that. that. I love that. Uh, my I just favorite... love the idea of Bob playing a reggae version of that song to a Japanese crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I love so the funny. I love the super hard rock version of It's All Right Ma I'm Only Bleeding. And yeah, uh, I hate that version. <laughs> <laughs> that but that it's also like every time I've heard that song, the acoustic version, when it comes to that riff, the da na na da na 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 you kinda hear like you could totally hear like the Who playing that riff or something like that. Yeah. I, I suppose I always felt like the power of that song is that uh, you kind of imagine that. Versus, yeah, yeah. It's maybe better to yeah. imagine it than to actually hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very haunting. The the real version, uh, and then this version is uh, yeah very in your face. Sometimes I heard this, less is more. Yeah. I heard this amazing version of um, it's on the if, is your love in vain the, oh, on YouTube, and that's a great tune. And I'm sorry to diverge, but there's a great version online where he delivers every line as this question. And he goes, do you love me or are you just extending goodwill? Do you need me? I got it. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Please send Uh, me that. That sounds uh, insane. Your big girl now is next, and um, so we're we're just full on getting into the emotional territory now. Uh, this is a, a you know these are stadium performances, but uh, he's not afraid at this point to uh, perform these songs from uh, Blood on the Tracks, which which is interesting. I mean, a lot of these were songs that didn't get performed much in his career. What what are the stats? Does anyone have them pulled up? Take a look. You're a big girl now. Uh, 212 actually been played from 76 up to 2007. Okay. Moderate. My point is, you know, it doesn't help my case. With <laughs> we can cut this out in post. Uh, so anyway, the next track uh, moving forward is uh, You're a big girl now. Um. What do we think, fellas? I think the arrangement, like this, this one works. I think the violin on uh, on this version of it, like, totally makes sense. Obviously, that that sound doesn't exist anywhere on Blood on the Tracks, um, and so it doesn't. I don't know that it makes sense on all the Blood on the Tracks tracks necessarily, but like on this one in particular, I think I think it it definitely helps. Um, 
it's, this has never been like one of my absolute favorites, certainly from that record in particular. Um, but as far as like the hard rain rearrangements go, I think it's, it, it's one of the more successful ones. There's some weird meandering, like acoustic sounding guitar on here, uh, that I like, um, and sounds like it could be him, but I don't know. I just can't imagine him not shooting a look over to one of his very pro guitar players playing, um, playing this guitar part. I think it just, just the way. Yeah, it's just really in the intro. I would, uh, I would, uh, I would take an extra look at that to the listeners. <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't do uh you're a big girl now. But uh, he could have done that. that he you, could have you, done it. You've got it right there. That's perfect. It would have been funny if he just did that on every single song. Um, <laughs> oh, Maggie's fun. <laughs> We've got it on. I threw it all away. We've got it on. Uh, lay, lady, lay, lady, lay. Maybe it's just um, the songs with the chorus that ends in the the A sound. A threw it all away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, this version of "Threw It All Away," which is the next song, uh, there we go. It's staring us right in the face. He fully does it. Uh, whatever we want to call that, the like the trick he he and the band pull out of their hat uh, or their pseudo. This- Turban yeah. head covering, as the case may be. The stop uh, big harmony. Stop big harmony. Yeah, they do, everything comes to a grinding halt, just like you like in music, and then <laughs> it uh, explodes in a sort of uh, satisfying. Maybe? Yeah, I guess like, so. If if you didn't hear it, I'm like six or seven times. <laughs> yeah, uh, but what do we think about this? Uh, for for this song, for I threw it all away. I know one of Ian's most precious favorites, um, and and you know a, a great favorite all around. I don't know anyone who doesn't like this song. Do you think he's gilding the lily a little bit? Do you think he's uh, putting a hat on a hat, so to speak, like they say in improvisational comedy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one for me is a little like I and I, I dig the trick when we get it on Lay Lady Lay initially, but then when we're you know, it's sort of a one trick pony, you know, and, and so it's uh, a one trick pony. There, to there you go. Paul Simon. Uh, Paul oh, Simon. boy. Let's talk about Paul Simon. That, that'll be in the after show. <laughs> Ian oh, hates Paul. We were talking Simon. about Bob Dylan. Yeah. I, I ha- happen to have inside knowledge that he gives weak handshakes. Oh my God! Bob does uh, on purpose, like limp handshakes, well, on, as a sign uh, of disrespect, as a sign of dominance. I I think dominance. Well, there was Whoa. a mic. There was a mixer, like very early into my career, that I used that was uh, Jack White's mixer or engineer, and he said he put you know put it to me and on like to keep it really on the down low. Uh, we didn't end up using this mixer, but he he said uh, Jack and Bob they're working together. When was and, that? And uh, it's going to happen. This was 2016, so it did not 
<laughs> I, I, you could assume that it just did not happen. But and, Maybe. And, and, and then the next thing he said was, uh, and he gives weak, weak handshakes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, he went, he's, he was so, he was so disappointed because he was such a big Dylan fan. And he went in and gave him a handshake and he just, it was just limp. Well, you hand. know, I, I have some other inside knowledge here that okay. elucidate that point. Um, so, uh, my uncle, uh, operated on Bob Dylan's hand <gasps> as a hand. Wow. And, um, so Bob Dylan had some, he's had a history of injuries on his, with his hands, hand, hands. And, um, this might account for the weak handshake. I, I can't be sure, but uh, I know that apparently he, you know, doesn't make eye contact or anything in like the waiting room. He's very reserved. Doesn't really make any effort to be very friendly to the nurses or staff. And uh, uh, he he asked my uncle. He said, "Am I gonna play no more, <laughs> Doc? Am I gonna?" <laughs> am, I, am I am I gonna be able to play anymore? And uh, apparently sent him a sort of boilerplate but very nice letter later saying that uh, you uh, helped restore Bob's uh, faith in modern medicine. Wow! But for all we know, uh, you know, the one of the times I saw him perform, of the two times, he was not playing guitar at all was barely playing piano, I think. So I think that was when he had fucked up his hand. Wow. And, you this know, might- here I, this engineer, you know, he doesn't realize how he's just sort of, you know, he's defaming a cripple. Yeah, you know? exactly. And this is why you should never take anything personally. Um, but, you know, it's possible that uh, Bob's totally capable of giving a solid, uh, meaty handshake and just uh, won't extend that it which seems totally on brand yeah i can i can buy it another person told me that he that when you work on his crew if he has a sweatshirt on and he has a sweatshirt on all the time maybe (laughs) this this part is probably not entirely true (laughs) because i'm sure sometimes he doesn't have a sweat like in summer or something i'm sure he has a but if you're up to him if you're talking to him and he puts the sweatshirt up you're instructed to walk away like the, and hood? Just, the hood yeah, and, and, and stop talking to him. I don't know if this is true, but uh, this guy told me he's, he had a friend who worked on his crew and that he would just be talking to him. And then just in the middle of talking, the hood would come up. Put up. It's like uh, slowly, you know, raising the partition in the limo. Yeah. Um, just like putting your AirPods in in, in the Uber, just, it's we're it's just here. like that, but mid conversation. I guess you do that, you know. Anyway, anyway. at least that's a you know clear indication. But uh, anyway, we, this we, isn't a gossip cast. No, no, it's not a tabloid. I know, know I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it down. I no, I know, I'm glad I uh, we could discuss the hand a little bit. You know, um, it's interesting. I, I'd never even thought about using a weak handshake as a sign of disrespect on purpose. That's crazy. I've, I've, I've adopted that since then. I mean, honestly, kind of a cool, um, cool move. But uh, what, what's next? We got 
after your big girl now, uh, we have, and I, I'm sorry, after I threw it all away, we're at the last track. And uh, so something that occurs to me is just like, look at this, these three songs in order, four, four really. You got Shelter from the Storm, Your Big Girl Now, I Threw It All Away, and then Closing with Idiot Wind. These are all songs that are about marital troubles. I, I think you could read them that way. Uh, Shelter from the Storm has that bit about now there's a wall between us, something has been lost. Even the way that he changed the lyrics on Lay Lady Lay to be about the threat of losing love. And then you've got uh, Your Big Girl Now, I Threw It All Away, Idiot Wind. I feel like the second half of this record is like Bob working out all of those emotions that are so evident on uh, Blood on the Tracks in a live setting this time, which is, I think, maybe the most interesting thing about this record as a document, flawed as it may be. Totally. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of think of the, the back half of this record as him sort of like like inducting the blood on the tracks songs into like his, his canon and like kind of elevating them to the same place that all of the, you know, original 60s shit has occupied in everyone's, everyone's minds. He's saying like, you know, these, these songs are equally significant. These are also, you know, some of my greatest works and, and you know, that's, that's why they take up so much of this record here uh, for good, you know, for good reason, obviously there was a tangled up in blue cut from this, this concert also that I would love to have heard. Um, but, um, yeah, the, this, this version of Idiot Wind is, is like pretty good. I think it's, um, uh, there's sort of a weird like tempo change to it. I think that, uh, is a little jarring, uh, initially, but again, maybe that's like, maybe it's weird to me cause I haven't listened to, haven't listened to this record a ton of times and accustomed myself to the way that he, he cut these tracks in these, in this tour. Yeah. I mean, I think that this this definitely leans toward the the ver- the album version of Idiot Wind as opposed to the you know the original uh, New York Sessions version of Idiot Wind, which leans toward a softer, more brooding sound. Uh, this absolutely is aggressive and fiery, but a, a little bit uh, rough around the edges, I think compared to the record it is pretty true to the uh to the to the record right is that what you're yeah, saying pretty pretty much but yeah. it's a little bit more uh wiry i mean free free flying uh as you could expect from a live performance of it he, he does somehow stretch it out i think it's like 10 and a half minutes this version which like the original yeah, song is ten, obviously ten, pretty lengthy it's like Seven, Wait, seven minutes, seven and a half minutes, something like that. But like an extra three minutes is, you know. Oh, there's just a lot of instrumental sections, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, I, I haven't really figured out where where those extra few minutes come from. Um, I think that there's great pedal steel on this. I love that there are sections of this song. I mean, this is such such a dynamic song. I think if there is a uh, overarching problem uh, with the record, is that there isn't that sort of intense quiet in um, certain sections that you kind of get on that earlier earlier leg of the tour. Um, there's a lot of dynamism in that um, early leg, and, and a lot of this is just kind of like him 
yelling the whole time and he doesn't get that intense quiet thing and and this has a little bit more of that not really in his performance but in the arrangement where the drums just kind of cut out or uh you can hear that piano like hammering um straight you know eighth eighth notes or whatever um and you hear some really cool pedal steel like bringing you into the next section um it just seems like another more well thought out arrangement yeah i mean i think of all the ones this this one doesn't really pull any of those tricks with the slow down big chorus uh it really is pretty straight up and i mean to me the most interesting thing about this like when i first i hadn't really spent much time with this record but then when i first was looking at it like a few weeks ago um and and reacquaint and acquainting myself with it i was like oh wow you've got idiot win from 76 what's that like so i i mean the most interesting moments for me the most compelling are probably i threw it all away and idiot win just because I want to know what that's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm more interested in listening for like his emotional state. You're, uh, you're doing you know. psychology. Yeah. I'm doing, uh, uh, I'm rubbernecking, you know, uh, doing emotional <laughs> rubbernecking at like the, uh, the trauma that that's, you know, like you, you can't ignore that. That's kind of like, juicy material you know you want to know what 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 it's like when he's out on the road like imminent divorce singing this song uh maybe i feel a little shameful about that but um hey he put it on the record hey this was 40 years ago this is ancient history he he doesn't care about that anymore yeah yeah, that's true. And I don't know who I'm uh, supposed to be feeling bad about uh, listening to this, you know. Who cares? Maybe Jake will listen to it, and that then then, then that wouldn't be good. That would be the worst. Yeah, Jake. Jacob Dylan. Jake. Oh, yeah, yeah, We know him as who Jake. Says, I mean, he, he says that Bob was a very affectionate father. He also says that uh, when he listens to Blood on the Tracks, uh, it's like it's explicitly about his parents. Uh, no, no, no. Those are those are those are songs about Chekhov short stories. He's yeah, uh, clearly Jacob Dylan, son of Bob Dylan, doesn't know that uh, those are actually not about that. Wouldn't you like to see uh, Bob? not like us who we we know that it's unrelated? Yes. Wouldn't you like to see Bob, uh, like, tickling his son, um, maybe when he was, like, uh, older? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, 40? Like, 40? Yes. I, I think I saw in an interview, he was like, uh, in a lot of ways, he's still very affectionate. And, Does that mean he still uh, tickles him? That's, I mean, that's, that was what popped right into my mind, <laughs> is, like, him at 74 tickling his tickling son. Tickling Jacob. He seems like he would have been a loving father. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he gave up. He decided to stop making good music to be to be a father. He clearly cared a lot. There were a period of years where he just decided he was going to put out uh, anything, whatever it took, just to keep the bills paid and uh, 
be a good dad. Well, I think that brings us uh, brings us to the end of hard rain, right? Yeah, the rain has subsided for now, um, and it has, and and the the sun or uh, moon is coming up in a clear sky, and uh, that's the end of the second live album by Bob Dylan. Now let's get down to brass tacks. You know what time it is. <laughs> it's, it's everyone's favorite part of the show. Where we rate the record on a scale of one to three stars. <laughs> I love that rating system. That That's the best one that there is. Well, you're up. Mm, There's two. No half. Oh, two. Okay. Two? Two? Absolutely. All right. All right. Anything, any comments on that or anything you want to add? I would just say, you know, look, I think when you take a collection of songs of any, of any artist, you have to, if you're going to rate it out of three, you have to look at the body of work in context of other artists, not the, not the artist itself. And Mm -hmm. certainly not the period of like two years like you can't just say this is not very good because rolling thunder which was right before it the the bootleg series is so amazing mm-hmm. and this doesn't capture that if you just took this if you didn't know when it was from or anything you would say this is interesting music he is so impassioned singing maybe not as manic and insane uh and possessed as he is then but you can't like i said before you can't think about that yeah, you gotta this is just it to the grander scale of popular music and what what we can really think of as what does it mean when you say this is as good as it gets you know the every era i think you're right like has its peaks and valleys and uh yeah this is a very interesting band interesting musicians and uh really cool uh a vocal delivery and it's crazy how they keep stopping and everybody <laughs> sings at the same time yes all the that, time what what other band does that i mean you know <laughs> in such frequency with such frequency no idea uh i think that's a totally valid point um ian do you have uh your rating your ranking ranking yeah, well, here's, I mean, here's where the, the three-star rating system really forces you to make some tough decisions, right? right? Because if I were if I were going to be a little more precise and have some more room to maneuver, you know, this would probably be in the one-and-a-half-star range for me. But I don't, you know, you don't, you don't get the half-star range. It's either no, a one or it's a two. Get, you don't get half-stars in this <sighs> world. So it's, uh, it's, it's tough, but I feel like after, you know, I gave Desire three stars last mm-hmm. time, and I was pretty, pretty, pretty... pretty Pretty bold, exactly. Pretty, pretty excited on that one. And I, I, I want to, I need to pull back a little bit and be a little more sober this week. So I'm gonna have to, gonna have to give Hard Rain just a single star. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know it's a shame, but I, I feel like I, I approach the three star rating system differently than Brian does. Where Can I'm you- just, I'm just operating within. Just, just comparing it within the Bob discography. Can you give zero stars? No. Uh, well, yes. Actually, you can give zero stars if you feel personally offended. <laughs> I mm. think, but, uh, but I think that's... Down in the Groove might be the only zero star record that's coming up. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Down in the Groove. Uh, yeah, I mean, it might be. But um, 
I uh, I'm not going to pull my punches. I also am giving it just a one out of three stars. Oh wow! But uh, I'm very grateful that we have Brian here to give it uh, two stars because I feel like, uh, as we said before, the beauty of the three star system is that given what we three have said about it, um, you can understand that there is a there, there are levels, there are different angles from which to see this record uh, or any record that we review and uh, rank this way. So you, t- you got to take it with a big grain of salt. And also, one out of three, that's not that bad. No, you still one. That's still one out of three. That's one whole third. That's a big chunk of what, what, of something. So. Yeah, a third of a billion dollars is over a hundred dollars. I couldn't have put it better. I'm always happy to talk about the uh, three star system, but uh, we, we've gone a little long. So I just want to thank you again, Brian, for coming on the show. And everybody who's listening should uh, purchase with their own money the album Songs for the General Public by the Lemon Twigs or use stolen money. Yeah, good. I enjoyed talking about Bob Dylan with you guys. I hope I, you know, helped, uh, didn't bring the show down no, in no, any not way. not at all. You brought it up. You raised me it up. That's great. And, uh, okay. thank you. Well, I'm, I'm an avid listener. Um, I, I have a few episodes to, to listen to, but, uh, I'll be listening to all the rest of the episodes and I think everybody should subscribe on the podcast app and on, um, what's the other one? Um, Nerdist or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All the rest. Are you drinking Cointreau? I don't, yes. You're just drinking orange liqueur? <laughs> okay, I'll see you guys. <laughs> <laughs>